Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello there, everybody. My name is Adam Cleary, filling in today for Adam Wilborn and also for Michael Sidgwick and also for Michael Hamlet and to a lesser degree, Andy Murray and also Phil Chambers for your Smackdown review. And also filling in for all of these people is Andrew Pollard. Say hello, Andrew. Hello. I apologize now for my raspy voice. It's a sore throat. This is this is how minimal staff we've got. You've got the D list here now. You're pulling me from obscurity to come and do this. Um, I was going to say, this is yeah. going to be a really fun way to find out if we have any natural chemistry whatsoever. But before <laughs> we begin, you should do the Will Bourne spiel if you're a fan of this sort of thing. Don't forget to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. Because what do we do, Andrew? We review Raw, we review SmackDown, we preview both of these, AW Dynamite, NXT 2.0. That's the gimmick Will Bourne does. There's also interviews, roundtable discussions, and around whether we complete with a bloody good quiz of course on wrestle culture but can i promise you that this week i promise you absolutely nothing but what i do promise you is a um something that passes for a smackdown review i'm gonna say because obviously we are we, we, we're aware it's christmas time we are aware we're going to be quite short staffed but also there's been an illness bug strike down some of us who are meant to be in so myself and andrew had to hastily cobble together something resembling a SmackDown review, and myself and Andy will hastily cobble together something resembling a Raw preview later on, but before we came on, you just gave me a quick rundown of this, because I've just, I've seen the highlights, I've read the cliff notes. Your description was, would you just repeat what you said to me for all the good boys and girls? Um, is this the, the bag of wank uh, comment? It was a bag of wank, is how Apart from the main event right? segment, apart from the main event segment, apart that was kind of it, well, yeah. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to get to the main event segment at the end. So we've got to go through that Ooh. bag of wank first. And I believe <laughs> said bag of wank starts with uh, Sasha Banks, Tony Storm, Shotty Blackheart and Charlotte Flair in what was presented as a tag team match, mm. but was just a bit of a mess. Is that fair? Yeah, it was. I, I mean, uh, I, I'm all for Tony Storm. I'm all for Shotty Blackheart. But... Yeah, it was it was rough. Uh, when Sasha and Charlotte were in the match, it was it was fine. When Tully Storms in the match, it was decent. Just, uh, yeah, Shotzi just had a really really rough night, uh, an off night, and just I don't know. She seemed like a step behind everybody else, and it was a bit clunky and it was a bit, uh, and it wasn't the best of ways to get SmackDown uh, up and running really. Uh, were you quite surprised that Tony Storm picked up the win with this? Probably, it's probably fair to say she's the junior one of those four. She um, is. By a massive by a massive margin when it comes to Sasha and Charlotte. Less so with Shotty, but Shotty's been on the main roster a bit longer. I when I saw when I read the result of this and saw the finish, I was like, Oh, good for her. That's nice. <laughs> How patronizing. Good for her. At a girl. Um no, I, I think it's more just the fact that she's the one stepping up to seemingly to challenge Charlotte Flair, which I believe will happen on the 
Christmas Eve episode of SmackDown, which spoilers are out there and are available on whatculture.com. Um, yeah, so I think that was just, it's just a way to like, oh, right, okay, she's challenging for the title. So here we go. She picks up the win here. Do you think there's any chance that they're actually, they're going to strap her up, Andrew? Do you think they're really hot on her by any chance? Or do you just think this is one of those classic WWE, let's tread water for three months before we decide what to do at WrestleMania? Yeah, I, I think there's more chance of them bringing the winged eagle back and strapping it onto me than, than Tully Storm winning that title anytime soon. I think she, she'll get it eventually somewhere down the line because that's uh, the, the nature of the beast. But I just think, yeah, Charlotte's keeping that right the way through to Mania. And it's, it just feels like Tony's here. It was almost like a stopgap because that's what WWE does. As an aside, and because I'm acutely aware that at some point we're going to have to find something to fill the time here on this podcast, is it is it nice or is it strange to see somebody coming out with NXT UK as like with a pulse? You know what I mean? Mm. So many of them, they've done relatively nothing with. The Grizzled Young Veterans always think that's nice. It's nice that that happened for them, but it felt like an outlying case. Yeah. Getting on SmackDown, wrestling Charlotte and Sasha, picking up wins, possibly being talked about as being in the title picture. That's that's huge, isn't it? I, I'd say so, yeah. yeah. And I think with uh, with Grizzly Young Veterans, it's like there's so much talent there and so much promise, but they've kind of, in NXT 2.0, they've been turned into, uh, I don't know, it feels like Home Alone villains, essentially. Um I just to say, I feel really sorry for everybody listening to this, because normally the energy and the shouting and the screaming that Wilborn brings to this and... Yeah. What's what's the deal with your throat? What's going on there? Um, I I don't I think it's just like from the football at the weekend. I went and watched uh, Wrexham against Gloucester in the FA Trophy, a glamour tie if ever there was. And so yeah, you've just said have meant nothing to all the Americans who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> they know Wrexham now. It's fine. We're, we're, we're like global superpower somehow, I, or not quite. But yeah, it just seems we picked it up from then. Uh, yesterday, Sunday, as we were recording this was yesterday, um, and it was like. I'll do a news video, and then my voice was just, eh. and we had no editors because Christmas, yay! So that didn't happen, and yeah, it's just it's lingered around. I thought yesterday it was it was fine and dandy, and it was gone by the end of the day, but it is clearly still here. Um, and there's also an interview I'm supposedly doing tomorrow, which will be really fun listening if I sound like this. Well, uh, mine was because I did karaoke last night, which was a terrible idea. Anyway, moving on. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't just dangle that carrot in there. What were the songs? I. Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if you've been misinformed, Andrew, but I could do whatever the goddamn hell I like. <laughs> uh, I did. Uh, what did I do? What did I do? I did Love Machine by Girls Aloud. So uh, nice. Right. Another one that will mean precisely nothing to all our American listeners. Anyway, Ricochet, Mansoor, Drew Gulak, Rick Boogs, and Shinsuke Nakamura are backstage doing a bit with Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. There's a lot mm. of praise going on there's a lot of king worship going on and the usos turn up and it's oh best man can you just talk me through the creative process of designing a backstage segment like this of just throwing all these like unless i've misunderstood what are ricochet mansoor and drew gulak doing there um they're there basically uh just to it, it kind of feels like to use a, a Game of Thrones phrase, uh, like taking the knee almost. They're just they're there to go like, oh, King Woods, you're great. Let me kiss your ring finger. And all. it's like you've, I, 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 I did say finger at the end of that. Kiss your ring finger. Yes. Um, it's it's like you've got just as, as one example, one glaring example. You have Ricochet on your roster and this is what you do with him is just he's some dude who just stands there. Uh, talk about how great this King of the Ring is. It's like fantastic until the Usos turn up with their mean, nasty faces on. It's like, right, that's 
that's great. You fill time. Brilliant. It's like, it's like us this morning. <laughs> recording this. Like, well, we need something to do to fill the time. Get these two in. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it just, it always, it keeps circling back to Ricochet for me. Like every time I see him, he's doing something that's inconsequential and just so far away from what you could be doing with this guy. I can almost understand like the Nakamura thing because he had a he had a whole king thing yeah. going for ages. I can understand why he would relate to Xavier Woods in the situation and maybe praising his his, uh, his fellow royalty and obviously Boogs there, Boogs there. But just looking at like Mansoor, Ricochet and Gulak, I was just thinking like you see so many people get released, you see so many people ask to go, and you're like, do you know what? This is fine for me. I'm actually having a great time. Yeah, that's that's the kicker. It's like you've got to think inside these these guys while they get the paycheck, they're slowly dying inside. I mean, Mansoor, we know he's going to be good for every every time they go and do a show in Saudi. They give him that big push he gets for a few weeks and then he disappears. And the dude's talented, to be fair. Um, so hopefully they do something with him. But yeah, Drew Gulak, you've got one of the, like the best technical wrestlers in your company, and this is you, you do that's that's the thing. That's the thing he's good at is wrestling in the ring, and you don't really have him do that. You have him just stand around like a uh, spare prick at a wedding sort of thing. Um, and Ricochet, of course, who's just yeah, it it pains me with that one. But the silver line is that they're getting the paycheck. But how far does that get you? I I really do. I really do need to move us on from this point. But I, mm. I be, it would be remiss of me to move on to the next match without uh, asking you if you enjoyed the uh, smell joke at the end, the big payoff to this segment as much. You know, obviously setting up a match, I get that they're doing that, but the mm. real payoff to me, Andrew, felt like how else How else would you do a perfect setup for a joke about how the Usos smell? Yeah, yeah, it's it, it just... Oh, out of all the Smackdowns, because Smackdown is a show that I tend to watch most Saturday mornings as part of my uh, my pre-match routine almost before I, I toddle out the house. Uh, Raw is always a slog, but you, you, it's almost like the, the wrestling gods have gone, well, clearly he's going to do a Smackdown review. Let's make it the worst one of the year. Would you, so, I mean, we'll, we'll get to your, your overall thoughts at the end, but are you are you happy even at this early juncture to throw around worst Smackdown of the year? Um, I, I believe I am. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. I think I think I am. I, it's. I'm sure that there's. I don't know. I think if you put like if you purposely went out of your way, you were some say this, then you put like a cumulative worst SmackDown of the year together using slicing bits and pieces from all the shows. That there, there'd be a good chunk of stuff from this this one. It's it was just it was rough. Uh, and I, I'll only defend SmackDown of like it's a good show for the most part. And this the most part was horrendous. Well, uh, I, I, I can't believe that somehow the Viking Raiders versus Jinder Mahal and Shanky is not going to change the <laughs> mind on that. I'm, I'm, I'm astonished. Um, it's nice to see the Viking Raiders as a thing again after they've been here, there, and there was injuries and there was all this stuff. So it's nice to see them feeling like they're in the thoughts and minds of WWE's creative team. But it's, was it was this was this all right? Was this match good? No. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say is nah uh, and it was that re- it's one of those really awkward parts where the Viking Raiders do their big entrance and they're in the ring and they're pounding their chest and they're screaming their war or whatever and then they go to the ad break and then they come back four minutes later five minutes later and they're still in, in the ring doing that thing and it's like oh, this just looks so naff um, and the match itself it was it was fine for what you'd expect the, 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 the lack of enthusiasm come out my voice I say that it's fine uh, yeah yeah uh, Shanky looked rough. Uh, Jinder Mahal was Jinder Mahal, which uh, and the the Viking Raiders got the win, yay, uh, with the top rope splash, and it was 
it was all very meh. It was just like, like you said, it's it's good to see the Viking Raiders on the TV. This is clearly a very good tag team, and it's more the the gimmick that kills them at the moment. I think the match, yeah, it was there, but it's just how over the top. It, it, it's very WWE eyes. Then like we're gonna go super hard on the whole Viking thing, and you're just gonna chant and wear really ropey headgear and chest plates, and yeah, it's. <laughs> Again, you could do so much more with this with these performers. Do you think? Do you think they've got more? Do you think there's more to come for them? Do you think like because this is the exact kind of sort of warming you up TV squash match WWE like to do before they do something of inconsequential but nonetheless prominent. Um, uh, I can't think what the is. Do I need a verb next? What do I need? Do I need yeah. You know the, the the end of the sentence. How you would do it if you were if your brain hadn't fallen out. Um, do you think something's going to happen with these? Do you think because <laughs> Royal Rumble season is coming up? Yeah. And when Royal Rumble season comes up, you have to have an eye on WrestleMania, and they do need to have at least one token tag team match. Do you yeah. Think maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, it's, I suppose it depends how long they want to hold it off, whether they want to go to this uh, a tag title match for the Viking Raiders at the Rumble, or whether they, they see this as like, well, you know, Mania is only three months after that as well. But it, it definitely feels like they're getting the warm-up treatment. Uh, they're, they're getting like a the little, almost like a, the backstage hugs from creative of like, go on, yeah. guys, this is your time to shine. Um, and you, how many times, as much as the matches are great and the performers are great, how many times can you keep going back to the Usos and the New Day? There's got to be another babyface team to, to step up and challenge for the titles at some point. And you look at SmackDown and the Viking Raiders seem the most natural fit. Um, I, it's just whether, like I said, whether you go to it at Rumble or whether you go to it at Mania. They did, they did sort of in the middle of all this. Um, I think it was during the entrances. They had a little backstage bit with Natalia. Now, I'm not going to get into that segment because it's just completely meaningless, but... Uh, right, I tell you what, I can already see, obviously, our, our audio listeners have really missed mm. this, but you, your head was in your hands there at the mere mention of this. It was, it was just awful. Um, I, I, I love Natty. It's like, it's, it's in my DNA as a Bret Hart guy. It's like anything to do with the Hart family automatically gets a pass from me, uh, regardless of how good or bad it is. But it was just lots of standing backstage pouting. Lots, lots, lots of pouting. And it's just, uh, I, uh, it, I guess the one the one bonus point of this was that the you know the, the silly kind of WWE stare at the TV thing from a weird angle. They kind of at least they filmed it from behind the TV, so it looked like she was actually staring at the television while she was watching what was going on. So that was like a bonus in a way. But if that's the only positive takeaway from this, then that kind of says how rough it was. It was only brief. It was fine, and, and I I kind of almost blocked it out of my head. I forgot about it until you mentioned it. That's why it was like that was my that was that's why I had the reaction I did. It's like oh yeah, you reminded me of that. That was that was rough. Um, is that where the bar is now? Like if we're trying to find things to praise about <laughs> WWE in general, we go well. On the one hand, at least they were looking at the television in an angle that made it look like they were actually looking at the television. Is that is that is that the, is that the best we can do for them? Is that the most we can find? Um, right that- now. They've sunk our expectations. Yeah, I, I, to be fair, like I said, I, I generally like SmackDown and I go into it with relatively kind of solid expectations of like, it's going to be, yeah, it's not going to be a home run every week, but it's going to be generally decent enough and there's always going to be some good stuff for Roman. But yeah, I think that that was, especially for this episode, the way it had gone from the, the, the tag match at the beginning to then the, the, the tag match with Jinder Mahal and, and Shanky and then what was to come, like, I, I think that, 
by this point in the show that yeah i think this that 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 is how where the bar was and that was the one positive like hey at least they're filming from behind the tv now for this weird angle go wwe what do you think about them bringing up Zia Lee? um I, right now right now it smacks to me of here is like here's something that's going to feel like it's a big part of the programming for two or three weeks and then it's going to fall flat and they're going to forget all about her I would love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong. I really like Zaylee. I really do. I really rate her. I think she was even underused in NXT massively. But I just, I can't, I can't look at what they're going to do with her on SmackDown and be filled with anything but deep worry and dread. Um, I, I think you absolutely 100% uh, hit the nail on the head there. It's unlike you. I've, I've, I've been a big. I used to blag my friends' heads about it. Of like, this Sai looks awesome. Like, just the thighs, the kicks. It all looks like so legit because a lot of it is kind of legit when you uh, obviously when she knocked out Mercedes Martinez, um, unfortunately. But she's, you know, she's a badass. She you knows she does all of this away from wrestling. She does all the kickboxing stuff. Um, the, the, it's it's all real, and you can believe it's real. And to me, we're a professional wrestler. When I'm watching, I want to be invested and believe what I'm watching. It has at least. Uh, a tinge of of um, realness to it, and so yeah, I'm I'm all for Zaylee. I think she could, like you said, she could have done more in NXT. Uh, I think that the the whole rebrand with the, the TNCR stuff was the, the, it was a bit naff, but for her it really worked. I think that the rest of it, the uh, mailing and all that stuff, yeah. But I think what it did for Zaylee, just making her that kind of more focused, um, aggressive heel was great. And then she comes up as the protector to SmackDown, and I think that, like I said, you hit the nail on the head. It's going to be Okay, she's a big hot deal for three, four weeks, and then just unfortunately WWE will just drop her into to um, uh, purgatory. There's the word obscurity. I'm looking for. There we go. Purgatory, well, obscurity. Yeah, either of those. Well, I'm delighted to say that after you just made that point about how you want to be invested in the believable nature of what you're watching, uh, we get what I believe <laughs> is uh, Baron Corbin and Mad Cat Moss pushing a desk down a hallway with a sword lodged in it. Yeah, this this was the old uh, Excalibur, and uh, not the AW commentator. This was the old right. Can they get the the? Can they release the sword? <sighs> yeah, but like I said, you've. I, I feel bad for you. I feel bad for me, but I feel bad for you having to. This is is your one SmackDown review of the year. Um, yeah, the the uh, nothing says like this is real than a guy going around with a sword generally, and then having like fake swings at people with it in the ring, like. What what are you trying to do? Are you are you swinging at him because you're trying to kill him or decapitate him? I don't know. You always miss. Uh, just I know it's obviously it's a very sentimental thing for Drew and it's named after his mother. Um, but just the whole sword thing does zero for me. And this whole segment of Mad Cat Moss and, and Happy Corbin trying to dislodge the sword did even less. Do you, like this seems like such a weird observation to me because you could say it about pretty much anybody on the roster, but like. Is this the best they've got for Drew at the minute? Yeah, uh, and that, it is. Like, like you've kind of alluded to there. It's like you look at it, it's like, is this the best they've got for Baron Corbin? Is this the best yeah. they got for Riddick Moss? Is this the best they've got for the Viking Raiders? That, that, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, every, yeah. You could make that argument about everybody on the roster, but like we are yeah. not that far removed from Drew feeling like they were trying to build one of the brands around him as the top, top guy. And I know you can, everybody can't be at the top all the time. I know you've got to cycle people around. I know you've got to like you've got to do this cyclically so that like everybody gets a shot. But like surely when you are moving them on to something else, you, you give them something. I don't know, which just which just feels like a chat. Like give give him something to overcome. Give him 
some adversity. Give him, you know, he's meant to be one of your big baby faces. Give him something that feels like it's against the odds somehow. Not like, not a desk. Not a desk, <laughs> happy Baron Corbin. Um, I, I guess one way to look at it is like, think of this, if it was, I don't know, 1993, would Bret Hart be doing this once he was out of the title picture? Would, in 1998, would Stone Cold Steve Austin be doing this sort of shtick if he was out of the title picture? Um, would John Cena, maybe, maybe, because that's the way they kind of went, uh, I don't know, that's, that's the path we've been on for the last 15 years, but Cena possibly would have been involved in something as dumb as this. Um, and that's obviously not his fault, but yeah, you look at it, it's, it's Drew McIntyre. He's, he's now a two-time WWE champion. Um, he's the, the whole, he beat the, the beast. Uh, he won the Royal Rumble. He beat Brock Lesnar. Um, and even when he was okay, they dragged out the Bobby Lashley thing a lot where it's that whole, if I don't win, I don't get, I don't get another shot of this sort of yeah. thing. But even after that, it's like you, you felt there was a bit of leeway for his last few months on Raw because I think we all knew he was being moved to SmackDown when the draft came. So it's like, okay, he's treading water now because they don't want to invest in too much on this brand because they're going to move him to SmackDown. And then he's still up on SmackDown and we thought we would get him going after, um, after Roman Reigns. And it's, again, it feels like he's treading water because we know we're probably going to get that at some point, but. Roman's title or Brock, that could go all the way through to Mania, maybe beyond that. So, and also, I mean, not to go too spoilery, but we know we're getting Madcap Moss against Drew at day one. And you know that obviously that means that we're still, we've still yet to get the, uh, the inevitable Happy Corbin match as well. So this is dragging on for a, this is going to be going on for McIntyre for a little while now. And it's just. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, it feels beneath him. Um, and that's not to discredit Corbin and Moss because, I mean, they're good in what they do, I guess. Um, but yeah, it feels beneath him. What's, what's interesting is, as you say, they're not, they haven't done the Corbin match yet, which is obviously where this has to eventually lead. What, but the problem is, once you've done the day one match, the next 
probable point to do the Corbin match. If it is supposed to be the big blow-off moment for this, and you can't see this at home, listeners, I am doing enormous air quotes feud, is the Rumble. And if that's what he's doing at the Rumble, then what the hell? Like, is that, like, I'm not, we could end up going down a a rabbit hole here of just, is this the best they've got for everybody? But I will say, next we moved on, I know I've skipped past uh, the Paul Heyman thing, but we'll talk about that when we talk about that. Um, Sami Zayn is going to get a gauntlet match, and if he wins it, he gets to be in the Intercontinental title match, and that's because he felt it was unfair because his, his other championship match was ruined. I actually think they're doing all right with Zayn at the minute. He's probably the one person who, certainly not they're being excellent with, but he does feel like he's doing well with what they're giving him to work with, and, they're all, and they are giving him good stuff to work with. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a guy who you know that whatever you give him, he'll make the absolute best out of it because he's just so talented and clearly has some pride in what he does. Um, but yeah, they, they, to be fair, they, they are giving him something to work with. And like, if you give him nothing, he'll make it good or as good as it can be. If you give him something, he'll make that even better than, than it could be. Um, and it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because obviously you knew hey. he wasn't going to be, hey, hey, uh, that he wasn't going to be winning the, the world title or the universal title anytime soon. But it's like, you just, I don't know, there's always that, that thought of like, well, maybe he sticks around in this Brock Lesnar mix somehow with Roman Reigns. Um, so in one way, he's down now again in the Intercontinental title um, hunt. But, um, I mean, Jesus, man, I was, I was writing about it on Sunday and, and it kind of, the light bulb went off that Shinsuke Nakamura, King Nakamura, has defended the belt once since he won it in August. Once on TV, which was in September. And he's, and it's not like he's not been on TV. He's on TV every week doing the Rick Boog stick with the guitar and the big entrance and... Um, yeah, Pat McAfee losing his mind about it every single week. And yeah, he's only defended the title once in that spell on TV. And it's like, yeah. So I, I think that whoever wins this gauntlet match, there is a spoiler again on whatculture.com. Um, whoever wins this uh, gauntlet match, I think will be dethroning uh, King Nakamura at day one. Um, but yeah, Sammy is just gold. Um, there's reports now as well that he's seemingly signing a new deal because his, like Kevin Owens, was reported to be up in, in January. Um, so I guess part of that is that they're, go, they're going hard on Sami Zayn, and I'm all for it. So uh, I've left open the uh, recap that I was reading about SmackDown before we came on, and there was just a sentence in this which I'm going to read to you verbatim, which I think if it doesn't completely summarise how WWE debuts its new stars, right – I don't know. I've never seen anything as perfect for the the whole problem with the system and the way they think, right? So it's Ridge Holland versus Cesaro, obviously, because that's, that's the next match. We go back to the ring and out comes Ridge Holland with Sheamus. This is a rematch from Holland's in-ring debut on November the 26th, which he lost. There we go. There so, we go. Big new star. Ridge Holland as well. Big guy. Big guy. No mug. You know, beefy, beefy dude, the kind of guy they'd like there. Uh, so he made his debut in the ring. He made his in-ring debut two, three weeks ago. He's now having a rematch of the exact same match, and he lost on his debut. So there's about four things wrong with that sentence for a start. Yeah, uh, and he came out to Seamus' music as well. So came like, out to Seamus' yeah, music. Yeah, so you don't even get your own stuff. It's like, oh, there we go. There's and, and like you said, there he's a big beefy boy. He, if you're looking at, obviously he's still very green. He's he's. His, his wrestling career has been very short. He had that big injury that put him on the shelf for, what, six, seven, eight, nine months. Um, but WWE have clearly fast-tracked him because he ticks so many boxes for what they're looking for. He's like, what, six foot two, six foot three, built like a tank. Um, there's there's a lot of um, good 
what's the what's the phrase I'm looking for? There's a lot of good basics to work with there that, that you're starting off with, uh, especially if you're WWE. And yeah, you have him lose. It's it's that's great. And then you have him rematch, and the the rematch is what three minutes. And again, he's green. He's not going to go 25 minutes. But you're thinking, how, what could someone as talented as Cesaro do in, in terms of like mentoring? If he was in the ring room for 10 minutes, it's like you can learn so much from Cesaro or Sheamus as well. But no, it's three minutes. It's there's some. Uh, there's some pre-match uh, shenanigans with the shillelagh. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was all a bit meh. Uh, and then you've got the commentators selling it of like, is Cesaro going to be able to compete? Is he going to be able to? And that's like, that's the drama that you go to an ad break with. Mm. We all know he's going to compete. We all know he's going to get beat um, as much as we all love Cesaro. And that was exactly what happened in, I think, three minutes the match went. And it was a distraction, a nice distraction finish. Yeah. So Rich Holland, fight, yes, he's on the, he's on the rock. So he's had his, well, he lost, that was bad. But he's here now, look, well, it is Seamus' music, yes, okay. But, well, it's a rematch, yes, but it's Cesaro, he's going to get something out of it. Oh, he's going to win this one, it's a distraction finish, it's all. So this is, I, I love the energy that I get there. I, I, lo- I love the energy there. For some reason, uh, this is a bold comparison. Uh, I was getting uh, Roddy Piper vibes from Adam Cleary. Roddy Piper's precisely at WrestleMania 8, where he's telling a story about, Mrs. Hart, Bret Hart's mum, uh, where it's, oh, we, she does the sandwiches with a one piece of bologna, but it's, it's only one piece of bologna, but it's fine. And it just goes on this story of how great things are, but how naff things are. And that's the exact energy I get. Roddy Piper, WrestleMania 8 energy from yourself there. Which I appreciate is, that. Thank you very much. That's hmm. probably the nicest thing anyone's going to say about my podcast hosting this week. So I'm going to play that. <laughs> anyway, we go Naomi. She wants a piece of Sonya Deville. And look, again, I see your head and your hands around you, but I, you know, I think this was perfectly crafted. So she comes out, she wants a piece of Sonia Deville, and Sonia Deville's like, well, sorry, I actually have many jobs. Uh, I've currently, I've not got my uh, wrestling hat on today, but you know, I'm doing the hat analogy. She literally references the fact she's wearing her business attire, and thus nobody's allowed to wrestle while she's wearing a business attire. But don't worry, because she's got another opponent for Naomi. It's like what? Two-time NXT Women's Champion, one of the most dominant physical specimens that was ever in the company's only critically acclaimed brand. You remember her, Shayna Baszler, the Shayna Baszler. And uh, she comes out, uh, there's a distraction, she tries to beat her up, puts her in submission, and Naomi rolls her up really, really quickly, and that, that's, it. that's the end of that. Yeah, I think it's like 30 seconds, and it's like... It's about... I've not timed it. It's about 30 seconds, this. Yeah, it's like... There was me thinking, like, well, Shane has moved to SmackDown. They've they've branched her off from Nia Jax. Maybe this is something. Maybe they're going to do something with this stone-cold killer they've got. This absolute monster. This, again, legit. Shane Baszler in NXT, you believed in that character, that wrestler, because you you knew her credentials and, and how she backed it up, and how she wrestled reflected that. And yeah, that, that was why my head was in my hands. Not so much the Naomi um, and Sonya stuff, but more the fact of like, okay, so you've had Shayna Baszler attack Naomi before the match. Um, she's got the advantage because this whole thing's been sprung on Naomi. So she's got the natural advantage. She attacks her. She gets in the submission. This is your, your monster MMA doodah. Uh, and then she gets rolled up after 30 seconds. It's like, oh my God, what? what, what? And, and also as well as the NXT credentials and the real life MMA, you, you had that what, the Elimination Chamber, where she decimated everybody. I remember yeah. when we were all watching, we were waiting for Asuka to come out of the pod. It's like, this is going to be yeah. good. This is. Gonna... I'm getting goosebumps talking about that. Yeah. And then on the other side of that, it's like a 30-second roll-up. Um, yeah, no. Just, sorry, not to go on a tangent. I know these things are supposed to be impeccably structured, but it's just dawned on me now, Andrew Pollard. Mm-hmm. Why, have they never, why have they never had a women character in WWE who's just called Emma May? 
Oh wow, maybe that's what they were going for. Emmalina, that was one of the options on the table why, at that point. Why, why, don't, why isn't it a woman? Why isn't it a woman called Emma May? You're giving them ideas. You're part of the problem now, Cleary. You're giving yeah, them well, ideas. Fairness, we, look, we know they listen to all this. We do, we do know they listen to everything we do. So if you see WWE debuting MMA sometime soon, well, you can you can thank or blame me for that one. Um, we'll not spend too much time dwelling on this because they didn't even... I mean, I think the amount of time we spend talking about these matches should be relative to how long they actually give the workers to work with. So they're going to yeah. give us 30 seconds there. I think we need to move on. I think we need to move on because... Finally, something actually good. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. The- I don't think I'm clutching at straws here to say that even though we've seen it a million times, New Day versus Usos is always good, and this was good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it is. I, I mentioned it before about how you can't keep going back to the New Day and the Usos, and needs to be someone else, or maybe that is the Viking Raiders who step up at some point, but... It is always good. They're, they're four talented dudes who have great chemistry together and always put on great matches. And this was, this was in ring wise, this was clearly heads, uh, head and shoulders above everything else on the, the rest of this episode of SmackDown. Um, and we are also going to get this match again at day one. So, yeah. you know, just in case you missed SmackDown, you, you're going to get to see the match again, but it, it was good. It was fine. It was, it was cool for you getting the win this on, I think Jimmy Uso. But it's it's the Usos in the New Day. You know what you're going to get every time, and the guys delivered again. Um, yeah, it's just it, it, it's nice that they've got something reliable, and I think it's mm. it's a massive credit to uh, all the guys involved. That no matter how many times they go to this particular well, you will still see stuff you've never seen before. It will still feel fresh. It will still feel inventive. I worry every time that they come back into each other's orbit that maybe this is going to be the one time where it feels like it's all done, where we feel like we've seen it a million times, and yet it's not. Um, I'd like to think they've got something really special planned for day one. You would think that, you know, I, I know they've done kind of a sort of a, a, a dry run uh, on SmackDown, but it just, it does feel like, if you, as well, if you think about the respective years they've had, maybe going even a little further back, obviously, in, the t- in that time, you know, Xavier Woods has finally emerged as a star in his own right away from the New Day. Kofi, obviously, you go back a little further, he was WWE champion. The bloodline stuff that Usos have been doing has been some of their best work. And now they're back in that little comfortable tag team feud that they have been so good at. It just feels like, I don't know, I'm trying not to get my hopes up for, you know, what is what feels like an afterthought throwaway WWE New Year's Day pay-per-view. But I do think that, just I don't know. It feels like this could be a landmark moment in the feud and for all four men individually. Am I getting carried away? Am I being ridiculous here? Uh, I, I don't want to piss on you, Chips, but I think maybe. Um, I, I just I think the just the only reason I think that I think the match would be great. I'd love to see a ladder match. Um, I'm I'm going back to like the Royal Rumble yeah. 2000. I'm thinking of like the the Hardys and, and the uh, just and the Dudley, some sort of carnage or Edge and Christian and the Hardys. Um, I I just think to me I. I know it'll be good. I know it'll be great. I know they'll do, they'll be innovative and bring stuff that we've not seen from these four together. I just, I can't get too hyped when I think that I can't see the Usos losing these titles right now. Um, I still think, I, I think this, the whole bloodline thing's got a, a, it's still got a lot of legs. And I think part of that legs is the three involved keeping their titles. Um, you're now in the dark, Cleary. The lights I have gone off. <laughs> the lights are on it. They're on a motion sensor and I've been sat for exactly you need to start minutes dancing. now. We're not moving. Just keep going. Back a second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the match would be good. I just, yeah, I can't see that a title change. Uh, but I, WWE seemingly uh, supposedly wanting to make this an annual thing now, this the day one, the New Year's Day pay-per-view. So 
if that is the case, you've got to go hard and do something special uh, this time with the first one, the inaugural one, to, to make people put this on people's maps rather than just being like, I don't know, it's uh, you think of it as a no way out or uh, whatever, a B, a C-list pay-per-view where you're not really too invested and, you know, nothing's really going to change. So I think there's going to be some something big to go down on uh, day one. But on the New Day thread, I think that might be Big E losing his title. But yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll see on that one. I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe Kevin Owens gets the win there. But um, yeah, as, as for New Day and Usos, as for Kofi and Woods, um, it's great to see Woods getting just being getting the chance to, to to shine in the spotlight a little on his own, even though obviously Kofi's with him because we all know how good uh, Xavier Woods is in whatever he does. But yeah, the match would be great. I just I can't see much changing right now. That's all. Right. So the big talking point from SmackDown mm. was not the main event, which this was. It was the development. I'm trying to think what's the best way to approach this between the whole Reigns, Lesnar, Heyman thing. And the bottom line is that Roman Reigns broke up with Paul Heyman. That's that's a great way to do it. I was pretty look at it. They, they, they've yeah. broken up now. He made this whole point about how you know the usual. He hates seeing his cousins lose, but they get through anything together because they're blood. And then he looks at Heyman and he's like, "Look, you're knocking about with your ex. You're telling me there's nothing going on. Why, why, why is he texting you all the time? I don't like this, etc., etc. I'm not doing this." And then that's kind of it. That's I, it. I, I guess one way to look at it, in, in if we're using that comparison, was. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know how much I can say on the podcast and which will get blurred out. I suppose we can edit. Was I, I guess it, last I'd week... Stop, I'd stop you there. I cannot be bothered to go through putting a load of beeps in this, okay? Right, okay. I've not got, to, I've not got time for that. As we, as we discussed at the start of this, I'm doing about 24 people's jobs today. I am not... <laughs> no, no. Okay, well, in that regard, then, I think, like, last week on SmackDown, it was kind of like, I don't know, Paul Heyman gave his ex a handjob sort of thing. Uh, because I'll allow he, that. I'll allow yeah, that. Yeah, that's all right then. I, I was gonna, I was gonna use other phrasing, but yeah, I think that's that's kind of PG for that term. Um, yeah, when he got Brock all riled up with Sami Zayn, where Brock was, Brock and Sami were going moose hunting last week, and then Paul Heyman started doing the. But you're Brock Lesnar. You're the reigning. I I can't do it because my voice is shot. But the reigning, no. defending, uh, you'll be this again. And that kind of got Brock going. It got him a bit hot under the collar. And then he decimated poor Sammy. So yeah, it, it is like he was cracking on with his ex last week. And then Roman's come out and gone, what, what are you doing, mate? I mean, I thought we were thought we were good. Um, and the, the whole segment was great. The the way but it's Paul Heyman, man. It's just the yeah. way he sells things. I, Roman was great. The Usos were great in their role, kind of. Almost like the uh, jackals, the hyenas in the background, just like laughing at the right points, uh, kind of throwing out shade at the right points, uh, gearing Roman up to, to do what he needed to do. Um, but it's, it's Heyman. It's Paul Heyman's um, how he expresses himself just visually, his facials. Uh, speaking of exes. No, uh, it's um, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I got a few people to text. I got a few people to text. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was gold. It was in a, a big bile, a, a big, big bag of, of turd. This was uh, a piece of gold. There was, there was obviously the use of the New Day match, which was great, but the rest of SmackDown was awful. And this was brilliant. This is one of those segments where you go and hunt it out if you've not seen it. Do you, like, do you think this is the right way to go with it? Cause I, I admit, I think it's, I think it's a wonderful TV segment, but obviously it's designed to lead in to this, this match between the two of them. And, Given how good the whole Reigns thing's been and his history with Lesnar and how refreshing Lesnar's been since he came back, do, do we need the Paul Heyman 
like melodrama in the background of this? Would the match itself not be better if it was just about them two? Um, ish. Um, but also I'd, uh, I'd have, I'd have maybe, I don't know, I kind of, in my head, I kind of, I, I vision, I, I, I kind of have an idea where this is going. But to me, I would have ideally held off on the, the breakup, as, as, for lack of a better term, just now, because I think it's better going into the match if you are going to do it and you're going to have Paulie there, then it's better with the intrigue of like, who's he going to side with? A little bit like yeah. SummerSlam 92, where it's like Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect. Whose side are they on? Is it the Macho Man? Is it the Ultimate Warriors? And nothing's being given away. I think if you have that intrigue of what's Heyman going to do, I, to me, this is purely me speculating, but this kind of gives away what's going to happen, I think, at, at day one. I, I think that, this was all a swerve. I think that, okay, Paul's taken one for the team, but this is all just part of him walking into day one, maybe with Brock Lesnar, and then walking out with Roman Reigns. I, I think that that's the only reason I can think of why you've done the reveal, um, well, the, the breakup already. But yeah, I th- the match itself could have got by without Paulie in it. But I think this time, because we've seen, obviously we've seen Brock and, and Roman time and time again. This time the dynamics are different because obviously Roman's the heel. But I think that you needed something a little bit by this point. I think that Paulie's fine in that role, but I just think they've shot their load a little bit and maybe shown their hand a little bit as to what we might get at day one. And what, what, what just, just to, just to spell this out for the boys and girls. I say, I keep saying boys and girls at home. I've seen our analytics. For the boys and boys at home, uh, what do you think <laughs> is going to happen at day one? Uh, what was that? Sorry, I, I, I missed that because I was laughing. Uh, what, what, and what is it that you think is going to happen at day one then? Basically? Oh, I, I think Roman retains. I think Paul Heyman helps him uh, retain the title. I think he screws Brock Lesnar. Um, I think that th- just this this SmackDown segment, it was great. But I think that just, like I said, I think it shows their hand a little bit to me. I mean, I, I could be wrong. It's just me speculating uh, from years of watching wrestling. But I think that, yeah, th- that's the only reason I could justify in my head why they did the breakup already. Because otherwise... The, the natural way to go is you have that intrigue going into the into day one about wh- whose side is he on sort of thing with Heyman. And the fact that they've they've shown you which side he's on now means that there's a swerve coming, brother. Well, and on that exciting conclusion, a pretty, pretty poor SmackDown finished. Mm. And ended, ended on a high, I think, over, overall. You have already set your stall out and said this is probably the worst SmackDown of the year, <laughs> which is a huge claim based on what I hear in this office, let me tell you. But overall, if it ended, positive ending, come on, recap, come on, let's get, let's get some positivity, come on. What we got, what we got? I've got something at my door. Um, it was a positive final 20 minutes. Um, I think that, yeah, like I said, if you've not seen that main event segment, uh, that, well, the main event match as well, but if you've not seen that closer segment, hunt it down and watch it. It's it's wrestling gold as, as WWE does, and these days they don't do that much gold. So, yeah, hunt that down. The rest of the show was not even bang average, apart from that match, the, the tag match main event. Well, of course, crucially, you don't have to do anything now because we've now recapped the whole thing <laughs> for you. You have to, uh, look, don't don't tweet us both thanking us. This this is this is just this is just our job. Um, I know some people some people might throw around words like hero or, or people's champion. To us, to us, it's just it's just the job, isn't it? I, I, I certainly I certainly wouldn't refer to us as that, but but others might. Anyway, so Andrew, that is uh, somehow we survived this. We've got through yes. it. We've got through the worst SmackDown of the year, and then a podcast talking about it. Incredibly short notice. I think we've done really well. I, I think so, yeah. Not to pat ourselves on the back, but yeah, uh, patting ourselves on the back. DDP style, uh, who's broken school sessions, is excellent, to be fair. I watched that last night. Um, I, yes. believe, I believe it's so good. We may have some content coming up about it mm. over on What Culture Wrestling. I don't, don't know if any of you podcast lot know this, but we have a YouTube channel as well. Ooh. Ooh, big boys. Okay. I like it. 
yes, anyway, well, thank you very much for joining us on the SmackDown review. This should, if you're listening to it now, hopefully be on Acast. Again, I can only apologize for the slapdash nature of the production here as we are both struck down by seasonal holidays and seasonal diseases as well. <laughs> so we are very much a skeleton staff in that that's what we're going to end up looking like by the end of this week. But, of course, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, <laughs> you can uh, subscribe to World Culture Wrestling, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, Daily Wrestling Podcast. I'll be back with Andy Murray to preview Raw. We'll be talking about AEW Dynamite this week, NXT, WWE, all the stuff that's going on. And, of course, if you're more of a YouTube fan, you can check us out over there as well. Andrew, where can they get you on Twitter if they're so inclined? If, if they really, really want to, it's at Cultured Left Peg. I can't promise it'll be entertaining, but, yeah, feel free. Uh, get me at Adam Cleary, C-L-E-O-I. Everything I tweet is gold. I have no such humility about that situation. <laughs> and, of course, what culture at what culture WWE. But in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us. This has been What Culture Wrestling, and we will see you soon. Boom. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.